0: Marbior and Massimo have nominated the Hawks. What happens with pick three? Is Bailey Smith still on the cards and why the Bombers might be putting the Hawks drafting plans at risk as well as the Peter Crimmins medal predictions and so much more. This is your both your recap and your preview of the upcoming 2023 AFL trade period Hawthorne style courtesy of the Talking Hawks podcast one-stop Shop for Hawthorne audio content connecting Hawthorne fans from all around the globe, not just to each other, but to the club itself. My name's Daz. I've got Smithy alongside me, mate. The dream team is here. The silly season might have begun but it's not going to be silly around here, mate. We're going to get to the seriousness of what's going on. And frankly, oh, I'm already ready for trade period to end. Let's be honest. It's uh it's a
1: cesspool out there, mate. How are you? It's a bit like that, my friend. And th- that's it. You get to this time of the year and you know the fan noise is at an all-time high. And what do we do? We bring out the big guns. So we're on today and we're ready to make this thing happen.
0: We definitely are mate. And it's as you know independent content creators as we are with talking hawks there is a part of me that's really glad that the mainstream footy media go as ridiculous and as silly as they are, mate, because they come to us for the for the real, for the what's yeah. going on, to, to filter through the nonsense. So I, I'm kind of indebted to things like trade radio, but at the same time, mate, I can feel my brain cells melting.
1: Yeah, uh, I feel like with every new mega trade I see, I, oh. I lose a little bit more faith <laughs> in uh, the concept of that program, but... Uh, Yeah, it, it does allow us to filter through the information for the people and provide the service that needs to be provided. I hope there's other podcasts for other clubs doing this for their fans because in all seriousness, us fans, we need things filtered down because the amount of dribble and the amount of rubbish that gets thrown around at this time of year is unbelievable.
0: Absolutely it is. So uh, let's roll with it, mate. Let's start with what we do know. And what we do know is Massimo D'Ambrosio and Marbior Chole have nominated us. We'll start with Marbior Chole because if there's one man that deserves a lap of of honour around Waverley for calling this nearly two months out is your great self, mate. You identified it early, knew he wasn't getting a game. We'll talk about the good and the bad, about why he's left the Gold Coast Suns in just a minute, mate. But a, a pat on the back for you. Went with it first and it's come to fruition.
1: Yeah, I think it was maybe the 1st of August was the, the first sort of message right. where I flagged it. Um, And yeah, I, I think it's really positive news. And after, you know, the Ben McKay stuff and, uh you know, our interest in Liam Henry and Sava Radicalia and that those sort of fell through. And I, I feel like rightly or wrongly, there were eyes on the Hawks for what would happen here because, you know, a, a few more strikeouts and things start to be questioned, but uh, yeah, he did officially nominate us. And I think in the grand scheme of what you can pull off in an off-season, um, I think bringing him in is, is going to be one of the major moves for our round one side of 2024 because if you looked at the key forward depth at the moment, that there didn't seem to be a standout to play beside Mitch Lewis. And we, we saw how much we needed help beside Mitch Lewis this, this year and how important it was to try and bring someone in of real quality in the AFL system. And a lot of people forget Marby Ochoa kicked nearly 50 goals just a year ago in the AFL. Um, ben King up there was out for the year with injury. He came in and stepped in and kicked 44 goals, led the goal kicking up in Gold Coast in what was a bad team. So um, I think he, he really does have the ability to be, a productive player at AFL level and the uh, Robin to Mitch Lewis's Batman uh, going forward, which will be really good to see.
0: Yeah. I was, I was a bit worried coming into the missing out on the Ben McKay. And you've talked about the Osama Radical Air stuff is I felt like that we were going to be sort of the, the, the BMW to North Melbourne's Honda Civic. Like, yeah, it's a better car, but it's still a car. And the car was no center half forward, no center half back. They've got no help for Larky. And who's obviously had a greater input than Mitch Lewis, of course, through. Um, uh, you know, Mitch Lewis is an elite set shot goalkeeper. Nikolakis is the best in the league, so it's difficult to compare the two. Both uh, picks in the '70s in the 2017 draft, which is just incredible when you think about it that way. And yeah, that has not had help throughout his entire career. Mitch Lewis now is going to get a little bit of help. Now uh, born in the same year as Brandon Ryan, Marby or Chol. So I don't know whether that makes him sound young or Brandon Ryan a bit older than what we perceive, but I'm totally with you, mate. This is a tick off. I've, I've spoken to someone who works at an AFL club about the trade period uh, late last year. And they said that a club's kind of got three strategies. And that is you pay overs to get proven a grade talent. You try to pay unders to get a grade potential, or you pay market value for, you know, your good, honest role players, if you will, you're adding, you're adding a piece. So I don't think we're going to pay too high a price for Marby or I definitely don't think it's going to be a top 25 pick at all. So we're paying for probably market value for a guy who's going to deliver hopefully what he's been able to deliver in the past. We know that he's had some uh, some uh, deficiencies on uh, his mental side of the game, the defensive stuff. Uh, he's been accused of being lazy, whether he had a falling out with Stewie Dew or not. We don't know, but the Hawks have seen something in him, mate, to offer him four years with a trigger for a fifth, which was outbidding North Melbourne's three years, with a trigger for a fourth and Adelaide who offered him two years at reportedly better money than North and Hawthorne did. So he wants longevity, Uh, whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen, but we can't predict five years from now, mate, for round one, 2024. It's a tick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if the coaching staff can sort of get him locked into the right state of mind and really at his mental best, and physical best, we saw what he could do. If you watch the VFL preliminary final uh, when Box Hill went up to play Gold Coast, I know it's only VFL, but he just looked like the best player on the ground by an absolute mile. He had nearly 10 shots at goal, and we had AFL-level players playing on him. I know Denver Granger Brass spent a lot of the game on him. Uh, Emerson Jecker started on him who has now been moved on, but you know, th- those are two AFL-listed players, and he made them look second rate. So uh, if he can come in and sort of play to that level at the AFL standard, it's it's going to be an absolutely huge win for the Hawks.
0: And speaking of hopefully paying unders for A-grade potential, Massimo D'Ambrosio is 20 years old, smith And is an amazing kick, even at Point Cook, he's uh, he's coach at Point Cook under 18s, even in his draft year before he got taken in the midseason draft, called him one of the best users of a footy he's seen. So clearly that elite ball movement, you've spoken about the Hawk Highway last year, and we saw that throughout the preseason, wanting to use our skills by foot in our even back third, if you will, sort of to the flank line getting the ball in the corridor and he's certainly going to help with that. It's interesting to see how he lines up in our best 22, given we've got some depth in those back pocket back flank wing areas, but clearly he's been uh, identified headhunted, if you will, by Sam Mitchell and the recruiting team. And again, it's not going to take a whole lot to get him over the line, seeing as Essendon were using him as their sub and and wanted a 54 year old Dyson Heppel delivering the ball off halfback instead of a 20 year old with pace, which is a an interesting tactic, uh, but uh, we'll see how they go.
1: Yeah, and that's it. Even if he can't crack the best 22 uh, for round one 2024, considering what we're going to pay, it's worth having that really good depth. And Mm -hmm. he wants to be at the club, which is a fantastic sign, and he wants to buy in. He's only 20. So, you know, it it doesn't need to be like the Chol one, uh, different to the Chol one, sorry, where... We sort of expect him to come in and we expect return on investment immediately. This can be a long-term investment where we sort of nurture him through, find a role for him to play, uh, maybe even take over from someone who could be on the way out or something like that. But it's worth taking the shot because as you said, he's 20 years old. Uh, He sort of fits what Sam Mitchell wants in terms of that really good kicking skills. So uh, yeah, I think if we can get that done for not a lot, he can be someone who grows with this group and maybe he will be in five years, an integral part of hopefully a successful side.
0: Absolutely. He will mate. So they seemingly the two that are confirmed. Uh, let's talk about some guys that might be on the block, the trade block. That is mate. We'll start with Tyler Brockman, the, uh, the report from AFL.com.au saying the Hawks are wanting a pick in the second round in the 20. So West coast, uh, I had it up here. have got, their second round pick this year next year i get where the hawks are coming from mate because you never just sit down and go ah oh, yeah just give us a bad pick whatever you know negotiations can't go like that but considering that he can walk to the uh preseason draft uh the eagles have got pick one pick 20 now that north melbourne have got pick 19 which is just makes every bit of sense in the world why wouldn't you reward really terrible list management uh 35 38 54 57 and 75 I think the Hawks will haggle over 35 38. I think West Coast will want to do us a solid and give us 54. And uh, and Brocky will go without too much fuss. I don't think he's going to walk to the preseason draft. It's very rare that that ends up happening. So I think we'll get a pick back, use it for points on Will McCabe and move on pretty quickly. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. And it's like when you play fantasy sports and you you send your first trade offer and the person goes, that's terrible. Well, I'm not going to give you the best offer first. I've got to test the waters here and see what you're willing to give up. So uh yeah, it would be uh it'd be malfeasance on the part of the list management team. If they didn't try and aim for a second round pick, it's not going to happen. But that's just the art of negotiation. And yeah, if we can end up with 54, then I think that's a fine result. Yeah, all the best to Tyler Brockman going home, I'd really hate to see any sort of hard feelings from Hawks fans about it. I've seen a few people who have voiced their sadness on him leaving, but I hope it's not a vengeful sort of thing that throughout when we play West Coast in the future, I think a guy in his situation, young guy with kids away from home, you know. Let, let him be happy. Let, let him go do what he needs to do to live the life that he wants. And uh, that's over in WA with his family. So all the best to him.
0: I agree. And don't underestimate the fact that he doesn't have any peers that can relate to him because he's the mm. only one on our list with kids. So it's not yeah. like he can, he can feed off because we know, you know, we even growing up, like we have our teachers, we have our parents and all that. That's cool. But we need to identify with our peers. And he can't do that as a 20 year old, like, yeah. I'm stunned that people thought that he really was going to stick around for the long term. It's, it's extremely understandable why he's doing this. So we wish Brocky all the very best, mate. Now, let, let's go near you. The CEO of a few things, mate. You're actually a very busy man when it comes to the footy fandom. Uh, but of course, infamously at the Hawks, one is Carl Amon. And yep. we know what happened when the CEO wrapped his mitts around Carly just walked into the Hawks and said, I'm the best kick in this team and it's not even close. Get around me. This is for Smid. And we appreciate that from Carl. Absolutely. But you're also the CEO of the Jack Scrimshaw train, mate. And the uh, we know noise around this time of year can be uh, as shallow as the day is long. Hello, Clayton Oliver, rumors if you're listening. But Scrimmer to the Dogs is getting a bit more consistent than I think a man in your position would like, mate. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it would be disappointing to see Scrumar leave. Uh, Definitely didn't have the year he would have liked in terms of consistency. Uh, He was in and out of the side. His role was getting changed. Seemed like he was sort of in the bad books with Sam Mitchell at times throughout the season uh, on the outside looking in. For what reason, I am not too sure. But um, if it's the best thing for his footy career to make a move at this time, again, I'm not really one of those people who begrudges people for leaving. I've played footy for a long time and I've moved clubs multiple times. Sometimes it's just what you have to do for not only your football, but your life in general. So if that is what he needs to do, Good luck to him. It would be sad to see him leave. But then you've also got to look on the sort of other spectrum and say, well, if that door closes, it opens for another player. It could be someone like Massimo D'Ambrosio, who comes to the club, Scrimshaw leaves, really good left-footed kick out of the back line. And he just slots into that spot, younger, similar kick, different heights and different playing types, but just in terms of that backline player who's an elite user out of that area, it, it could be that as simple as that, that uh, it opens the door for Dan Brozio and he becomes a really good player. So, um, yeah, If obviously, if I had the choice, I'd love for him to stay around because uh, I think he's a valuable part of the operation here. But, uh, yeah, well, it's just a wait and see at this stage.
0: Yeah, it looks like that. So the Dogs uh, have apparently, of course, this is all rumours, guys, have offered pick 10, 17, and their future first-round draft pick to Gold Coast for pick four. So they obviously want to move up in the draft and probably take Colby McEacher if he's still there after the Hawks pick, which means... In this draft, because it would be easy to go, oh, I'll just take a few job, whatever, and move on. Now we're obviously not going to take 63, 66, or 84 for Scrim mid. I mean, come on, who are we no. messing around with? That's silly. But the only other pick they've got in this draft is 36, which still doesn't seem that enough for me
1: for Scrim. No, nah, no. Nah. And because we, we own their second round pick, don't we? We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they on, don't have yep. their second round pick. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be thrilled if we parted ways with him for pick thirty-six.
0: No, I don't think I would be as well.
1: All right. Uh, Denver,
0: lastly but not least. And this kind of ties into our first uh, pick three discussion here, mate, because I don't think we'd send him anywhere that's not West Coast in this deal. Uh, On a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that the Hawks end up with pick one? Let's start with that when it comes to pick three, Denver, and whatever other machinations you want to put together. Give us your number on one to ten.
1: One. One. Thank God. Yeah, I'm with you. I, don't, I just do not see a world where it happens. Uh, I know it's been thrown around, but this is the thing. It's been reported that we want to move up to number one. Mm. Every single club would want to move up to number one. <laughs> it's natural to want to go up to number one, but the person with number one has to be willing to get rid of it. So we can show all the interest in the world. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen. And I just don't know why West Coast would want to do that. I would be stunned if they do. I mean, if they do and we get pick one, Harley Reid, fantastic. That would be awesome. But I just don't want to build my hopes up and buy into something that I can't see happening.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm totally with you, mate. Could not agree more. Alrighty. So, pick three, though. It's going to be interesting, mate. We'll start. We've will start. we gone through the pick one, and I agree. I Until it's official, I'm not buying into it at all. I'm not imagining... Harley Reid in a number 23 jump. uh, Sorry, in the Hawthorne jumper, let alone the number 23. Uh, Bailey Smith is the man who's been floated. The Hawks might have been uh, in talks with the dogs over Bailey Smith for pick three. And I know we agree on this, mate, that, yep, 100%. Would still want something back as well. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't do – I don't think I would do pick three for Bailey Smith straight up. Probably needs something else from the – the dogs as a sweetener. He did finish 15th in their best and fairest after all. And Jack McRae 14th. And if that doesn't tell you that Bevo doesn't know where his midfielders play midfield, I don't know what does, but this is also a football club Smith that counts preseason games in their best and fairest. So what do we know? One of the most um,
1: ridiculous things I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> Collingwood did as well, by the way, count preseason oh. games as the reigning premier and Josh Dacos won the best and fairest. So, at this point, Marcus Bontempelli and Errol Golden are going to be the only best and fairest winners that could have won the Brownlow, which is insane, considering Harris Andrews won Brisbane's and not Lachie Neal. Which... Yeah. There you go. Anyway, I'll sidetrack there. Bailey Smith, pick three, mate. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I would do it.
1: And I posted this on Twitter the other day, and um, I thought it was very, very uh, symbolic of what's going on at the moment. And, and it's the family guy scene where... <laughs> Peter has the chance to get a boat. And the guy goes, I can give you a boat, but wait, I can give you a mystery box. And Peter says, the boat is a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. You know how much we've wanted one of those. And when I see Hawthorne fans (laughs) saying that with pick three, they want someone like a Zane Dersma, or, you know, someone that, a midfield style player who's damaging forward of center. Hmm. That draft pick is the mystery box. Why would you not want to part ways with that pick to get the exact player that you want? Who's established. We've seen it at the AFL level before he's young. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Unless you are hell bent on getting someone like Nick Watson at pick three then I can understand your reluctance to trade out of pick three because they're different players. But if you want a damaging midfield player who's really good forward of center at pick three and you don't want to part with that pick to get Bailey Smith, I don't understand it. I would oh, yeah, Yeah, I, I reckon the perfect ideal scenario would be trading our future first mm. in a Bailey Smith deal and keeping pick three to take someone like Nick Watson and that way we can launch into next year with Chole, D'Ambrosio, Bailey Smith, Nick Watson, lock and load. Let's go.
0: Mate, I'm pumped. Can footy start now? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think if we can somehow pull off a trade with our future first, because, and you know the draft a lot better than me, but what I'm hearing is that it may be, not the most star-studded draft next year, and it's quite midfield, midfield dense. Yep. Yep. So if we can get the quality mid now, let him play a season with us, pass on that pick next year, and just see where we can go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And if we've learned anything about list building, mate, is you've got to do it any way you can. But Collingwood and Brisbane, if you're going to build your list, some good trades, got to get some good trades in there. And we're talking about the trade period, but having a combined six father sons on your list doesn't exactly uh, doesn't exactly go under the radar radar. Now I know Collingwood fans get annoyed because no one beat on Josh Dacos, but uh, it still counts for stuff. And they're not listening to us anyway. Um, The pick three one's interesting for my mate. And uh, you talk about sort of the, the mystery box scene there, which I loved. You brought that to the table and I was a big fan. And and Colby McCurcher is the interesting one for me because he he is the one that fans go, I don't want Bailey Smith. I'd rather have Colby. Now, I believe that by the end of their careers, Colby McCurcher is going to be the best player in this draft. Uh, it's, it's what I've said on my own channel. Uh, I've said it before. And I think teams with pick one don't take the player they think they'll have the best career, they're going to take the best 18-year-old. Now, that's nothing against Harley. Harley and a Hawthorne jumper, mate, would be get me to the Jersey store and there's your next number 23 for 10 years. So I've got no qualm with that at all. But yeah, if you're telling me right now, do we take a chance on someone like Colby or give me Bailey Smith, I'm still saying Bailey Smith Mm -hmm. because he is what I think Colby can be four years into his career. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinary. Extraordinary way to go about it. So I do agree with you. Um, Let's talk about the Bombers, and you might be thinking, especially if Liam's listening to this back because he hates that mob, as he calls them. But the Bombers look set to really throw a thorn in our side on draft night, mate. The reason why is they have got significant interest in Port Adelaide's Xavier Dersmer. Now you mentioned uh, his brother Zane before uh, and I think they've got another brother as well who might be 15 I think yeah, this younger. year who's coming through who they reckon might be the best of the lot which is oh. which what a sporting family
1: first yeah. of all. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure he was senior team of the year at 15 yeah, Back in Gippsland, it's just it's a crazy sporting family. They're royalty in the Gippsland area.
0: Yeah, and they uh, they've got an AFLW player too, don't they? Dursmans, I'm sure they
1: do. I think so. Yeah. I think
0: so. Yeah. yeah. I think she, and I think she might be a port. Oh, someone will correct me. Someone will be very angry with me at the moment, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's right. Probably should have researched this beforehand. Anyway, so Essendon have got some interest in, uh, in Xavier. And if you're wondering why I get sick of trade period, is because the Bombers really want Xavier Dersma. And then uh, Adam Cooney, he might be spotting a the theme in our frustrations in trade period here. Uh, did his best 22 if they landed. Dersma, Goldstein, um, and Jake who's Gresham? the other one? that they're interested in. Jay Gresham and Xavier Dersma didn't make their best 22, Smith. Mm. Why are you trading for him then?
1: Yeah. Makes perfect <laughs> like, sense.
0: Do you, do you understand why we don't like the silly season and the build-up? Grand final Saturday, trade period starts Tuesday. Cut this. Cra- anyway, I'm getting off, uh, getting off track here. The other thing that Essendon are willing to do is trade up for North Melbourne's band one compensation pick and take Zane. So what that would mean is at this point in time, West Coast have got pick one, North have got pick two, okay? And North Melbourne are going to have pick three due to the BN1 compensation that they're going to get for Ben Mackay. As ridiculous as the rule is, we kind of got to live with it. That rule that gets North pick three for Ben Mackay, got Melbourne pick three for James Frawley, and got Hawthorne pick 19 for Buddy, who signed a nine-year $10 million deal. Because logic. Anyway. So they might do that, mate. So the order would then become West Coast at one who take Harley Reid. They're not trading pick one, people. Pick two, North Melbourne. Now, there's going to be a bid for Jed Walter at Gold Coast in there somewhere. So we'll go Reid, Walter. I'm convinced North either take McKercher or Curtin at their pick and flip a coin. Depending on what day of the week you're asking me, it's going to be one of those two players. And then Essendon would take Dursma. Now, here's what's interesting, Smid, is we have a bunch of options at our pick then because we would have whichever of McKercha or Curtin they don't take. We would have Nick Watson. Or, and can I float this idea at you? Could we trade back? Could we trade pick three back because we know Bulldogs will want McKercha or Watson? That is just anyone that can analyze the Bulldogs list will tell you that for nothing. All right. And then we've got the Giants, who you'd think would want someone like a Daniel Curtin, might even trade up with us. Could we trade for pick three for pick six and pick 12? Mm. Could that be an option on draft day? At pick six, we'd still end up with a star. I'd recommend Connor O'Sullivan. And then at pick 12, because there's your center half back solved. And then at pick 12, dependent on where the draft goes, you could still get a forward threat, or we could get one later in the draft. Anyway, the second round is going to be littered with smalls, Lance Collard, Jack DeLeon, Ashton Moyer. I expect to still be there. Uh, Cohen Sanchez is going to be around that mark as well. We can uh, have the points for Will McCabe. We might even go after CJ's brother, Chew, who's going to be a very good player. I'm a big fan of Logan Morris, etc., etc. Could we smid? If Essendon trade up on draft day, is trading down an option if, say, six and 12 were on the table?
1: Yeah, I think trading down should always be an option.
0: Melbourne have also got five and 15, which could be an option as well.
1: You look at some of the best teams in the NFL, and what they do is they trade back, they acquire assets, and they trust their scouts. They trust the people who put the work in and they still get good results. Would I, if Nick Watson is on the board when we get our pick, which would be end up being at five with the bids and stuff like that, would I want to trade out of that spot to lose out on Nick Watson? Probably not. I, I just I feel like with Brockman gone, with Luke Bruce coming towards the end, and Chad Wingard coming towards the end. We do have a big hole in terms of that, you know, freaky small forward who can create stuff. We've got Sam Butler who hasn't set the world on fire yet. I still hold high hopes for him, but his game is revolved more around defensive stuff uh, and popping up and kicking a goal every now and again. But he he is your, your small pressure forward. And then who else? Yeah, you got Josh Bennett's, the youngster who just re signed for another year. You got Jack O'Sullivan, two our man. rookies, <laughs> our men who we love. Um, but the best they, they training celebrator have, we've ever seen. They just don't have that star power. Yeah. And if your nickname is the wizard during under eighteens, it says a lot. And having that sort of presence come in the door, I think it would be hard to pass up. But um, yeah, I think it it's, should always be an option, um, but I would love to see Nick Watson in Brown and goal.
0: Yeah. For the record, I agree. This is why we bring this up. Uh, I If Watson's on the board, I'm taking him 100%. Um, if there's one thing that annoys me, that's on par with how trade period uh, build up goes mid it's, Trying to disparage 18 year olds for what they can't do rather than celebrate what they can as a draft day. My God, you don't yeah. have to be the finished product to be a good yeah. draft day, especially a pick three, which of course will become pick five, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's pretty much what we've got covered, mate, in terms of the trade stuff. Let's move on to the Peter Crimmins medal, which is tonight at the, or tomorrow, I should say, at the time of recording. Tonight, tomorrow. What day is it today, Smith? Help it's me Saturday. Out. Saturday. So it is tonight. Yeah. Yep, 7th tomorrow. of October. Yep. Cool. All righty. That was well That What a segue by Daz. It's uh, it's okay, guys. I'm a professional. Um, what are we thinking, mate? Top three prediction, please. And then I want kind of a hot take. Is there okay. something that you can come up with that you wouldn't be surprised to see uh, on the night? But give us your top three first.
1: Uh, my top three, I've got John Newcomb taking it out. Yeah, I think same the consistency over the year and the... The dominance was awesome. I've got James Warple at two. Ooh. Uh, because okay. I feel he played every game. Yep. And he was consistent around the footy. Uh, and I feel like he was a big tick with the coaches this year. Um, and we he's proven that he And then at at third, I've got James Sicily. Missed some games. That's the only thing stopping him from winning it again because it's so obvious that he is our best player when he's on the field, and that stands out. Uh, his best games are just so ridiculously eye-catching that he will pull well no matter what. Hot take?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if Blake Hardwick walked away with a Peter Crimmins medal. It would not surprise me. Oh, okay. It would not surprise me because he's finished second twice and we know that best and fairest don't necessarily go to the best player in the team. It goes to the player who executes their role and does the things that the coaches want. And if there's a man on our list that personifies that exact thing, (laughs) it is Blake Hardwick. So I expect him to poll really well. Um, And yeah, that's my hot take. Don't be surprised if if he walks home with it.
0: Oh, I love that so much, mate. I love that so much. So so I'm kind of going down a surprise high finisher. So Blake Hardwick, we've spoken about before, but the the interesting thing with Dimmer is Hawthorne fans aren't surprised when he finishes so high, but AFL media are. And if that doesn't prove they don't watch enough footy, mate, I don't know what does. But uh, uh, Dylan Moore, I think it might have been in 2022, might have been, or 21, might have been a surprise kind of podium finisher.
1: Last year finished um, Last
0: year. Yeah. All right. I've got a I've got a surprise smoky podium finisher for you, mate.
1: Yeah. Hit me. Your men. Oh, Carl. On. Yep. Yeah. Another one who played a lot of games and yep. executed roles really well.
0: Yep. Genuinely could see him do it. And what I would love to see is a uh Uh, because I'm trying to think of sort of our top 10, uh, which is going to be a really good count. I think it's going to be a really good count, really close count, kind of an anti Errol Gould. And don't know if you saw that Sydney leaderboard, mate, but he won the best and fairest by 280 votes. Uh, I don't don't know how that works. Also don't know how you can poll 730 votes in one season, but there you go. Um, Extraordinary. But um, I think Connor McDonald is going to be a surprise finisher as well. I think he's going to rank very highly, especially for the back end of his season.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, I think it's going to be a very, very tight count, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see where the players sort of fall in that top ten. You know, mm. there's uh, we haven't spoken about Will Day, who yeah, Connor Nash <laughs> would have been leading before yep. his suspension, and you know, even a bit later than that, he'll be leading at some stage. Daisy, Will, Connor Nash. Luke Bruce just does it every single week and picked more goals performs. than Aaron
0: Norton and Norton got eight years.
1: Yeah. yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna poll really well. Dylan Moore will be another one who will poll really well because uh, we know that the um, coaches love him. Jarman Impey will have polled well early, might taper mm-hmm. off, but I think there's you know at least fifteen players who I can see finishing top ten and yeah. there might be a few unlucky people throughout. Mm, Yes, I think there might be,
0: but in terms of highest average votes per game, because there was a, I remember Jonathan Brown told the infamous story that they used to have a bit of a a cash prize for the player that does that. It would not surprise me if Seamus Mitchell was very high in the votes per game kind of category he makes. He mightn't have played the amount of games. I know he did get subbed off, which might hurt him uh, in that St. Kilda game. I think it was, but in terms of executing your role early, he came onto the scene and did not look like leaving our best 22.
1: Yeah. He the thing that will might cost him is he did taper away a little bit at the end of the year and sort of found himself getting subbed out a few times and um found himself outside of the best twenty two at the end with a few injuries and stuff like that. But yeah, early on, uh he was on fire. He was leading the average stars per game on the player ratings for a long time because it's the same thing. He just stood out to me every time he played.
0: And last but not least, mate, uh, at a very early sort of 2024 prediction for me, it can be anything that you want. I know I'm putting you on the spot, um, but we've we've seen some bold calls already. Josh Jenkins thinks Richmond are going to finish bottom next year. So you can go, but that can be one end of the spectrum if you want, or uh, you can get, or you can go down the opposite end of the spectrum. And Josh Jenkins giving himself credit for picking Collingwood to win the flag. Well, they lost a premium by a point and finished on top of the ladder. So, you know, on the spectrum of the really easy to the absolutely bat, you know what, mate, you can fit anywhere you like, but give us something for 2024 that uh, we might hear about again, if you nail it or might go into the vault, if it doesn't go to plan. So
1: I'm going to, sort of leverage what we've spoken about today in the trade period and just roll it all in and sort of manifest something. Mm-hmm. Ailey Smith, top three BNF finish in <laughs> Brown and Gold 2024. <laughs> it's going to be on, don't you worry. The East Melvin Mullet, Bazlenka in the Brown and Gold running an absolute muck with John Newcomb and James Walpole and the like in the middle of the ground. It's going to be unreal to see. Oh,
0: Smith is like a 14-year-old girl with his crystals out at the moment. He is manifesting in a big way. Uh, And I'm going, mate, uh, it's going to happen. Mitch Lewis is going to play every game, and he's going to win the Coleman. Oh, bang bang, let it go. Let's get around it. Can't wait for 2024. Can't wait for the trade period to be over. There's going to be plenty of content coming here on Talking Hawks, your one-stop shop for your audio content. If you're catching up with the AFLW, the Hawks are taking on the Saints at the time of recording. So fingers crossed the girls get over the line there. Our top-end talent in our AFLW team are worth the price of admission alone. And our resident AFLW gurus, Liam and Timmy have got their project soaring to new heights. You can check them out wherever you get your podcasts and you can follow them on Twitter to keep up to date with all your Hawthorne AFLW content. You can subscribe to Talking Hawks on YouTube, follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, You can follow me if you want to on YouTube via Footy. But Smid, we've also got a project that we've just got up and running, mate, for all of those that might like a different flavor that might not be footy.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, we appreciate the people who have read our articles on Talking Hawks and, and listened to our podcasts and given us some really nice feedback on how they, they like our work. So if you are a fan of US sport, uh, NFL and NBA specifically, we've got a little project that might pique your interest.
0: We absolutely do. So SD sports is the name on Twitter. You can go to SD sports Inc. INC, and you can give us a follow there, which will get you all the information about upcoming sports polls, NBA and NFL articles that we're putting together. And we are building an empire from the ground up. So you can get on board. Uh, before it absolutely explodes and goes bunta. We're going to hopefully get YouTube up as soon as we can, so you can check that out as well. So Soaring to New Heights, Talking Hawks, does Talks Footy, SD Sports, it is all happening here. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to see the new faces in brown and gold. We can't wait to see our draft hand post the trade period. We'll be here to dissect it all. And until next time, go the Hawks.